0: And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators, Welcome to gardening with Cisco. September 7th. And uh, boy, has the weather been wonderful or what? So I hope you've all been out there just gardening like wild banshees because uh, you don't get it's, there's no nicer time to garden than in the fall, you know, And I think a lot of people kind of give up on gardening in the fall. I've seen a lot of like containers with dead plants in them and uh, plants that you could just tell I haven't been watered for a while, so get out there and garden. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be flying solo today, so uh, I hope you'll give me a call and ask your garden question because uh, there's lots to do in fall right now. But I do want to say hi to everyone I saw I went over to the Bellevue Botanical Garden, Mary and I did, and we heard Rosemary Alexander's talk. Uh, She is a a very famous uh, English gardener. She's over in San Francisco now, but she was staying with my buddy, uh, Nita Joe Roundtree, and um, so we had the fun. She gave a great talk at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, which I just enjoyed. And then uh we had the great fun of going to Heronswood Nursery together. Nita Joe and uh Mary and I and uh uh Rosemary and uh, so uh we were the only people in the garden. It was really fun. That is one spectacular garden. Then we went over to Dan and Robert uh Dan Hinckley and Robert Jones's garden. Uh and uh, that, it's called a wind cliff, And boy, oh boy, that is a garden. If you get a chance to go see it, go see it. I know they have opens, NPA opens, so you can go on certain times if you're a member of the Northwest Perennial Alliance. And uh, they sell plants there, and you get to see one of the coolest gardens you'll ever see. And then to my great, great honor, Rosemary Alexander, came over to see my garden, which was really fun to show her the garden and show her Mary's side, my side. <laughs> and, uh, I think she liked it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and I miss her already. She was really neat. It was so funny because me, uh, Nita Joe was taking her on a really, you know, kind of a whirlwind tour of some, uh, gardens. And so, uh, Nita Joe had to tell me only six or seven times to try and make the story a little shorter so that they could keep moving. So uh, that was a big honor having her come to see the garden. I loved it. So that was really neat. Hey, uh, okay, so I'll be flying solo today. I'll give you the numbers 18-973 Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So uh, I, I definitely hope you'll give me a call. Hey, uh, so but uh, while I'm waiting, I'll tell you that uh, I'm I am back on the garden talk circuit again. <laughs> I've only been off it for like a week. So uh, Thursday at September twelfth. So this Thursday at one p.m. I'm going to be over at the Mercer Island Community and Events Center. And I'll be showing some of my favorite late summer blooming plants and others and answering lots of your garden questions. So um, I think this will be a really fun event. So I think it's totally free as far as I know. The Mercer Island Community Events Center at 1 p.m. Thursday, September 12th and Tuesday September seventeenth at five thirty in the evening. I'm going to be speaking at the Renton Farmers Market at the Piazza. So, uh, and that's salmon day there. So I got a feeling that's going to be a good day to go there, to say the least. That'll be a lot of fun. Okay, and um, so those are. I'm not giving any too many talks right now. And the reason is is because Mary's heading off for what she calls boot camp. She's doing another one of those long hikes uh, over in Cornwall, England. She'll walk like over 20 miles a day for two and a half weeks. And uh, much as I love doing that with her, unless she hikes 28, that gets a little carried away. I've never hiked that far in one day. 25 is my record. And uh, when we got back to the rental car, That was in Australia. I started kissing the car. So you could tell that was a long walk for me, you know. (laughs) So uh, anyway, she set it up so I'm not doing too much speaking while she's gone. That's probably a really good idea because I got to take care of our two puppies, which is very, very important. All right. So uh, just a couple other things. And that is that uh, I just looked up the Miller Library list of plant sales. And uh, holy cats, there are about 8 million plant sales going on right now. I'm not going to tell you where they all are. But I will tell you, just go to c i s uh, c o e cisco com, and uh, hit the events page. And you'll see that there are just tons of plant sales with really great plants. So if you've got a couple of spots that you want to fill up, this is the time to do it. I also want to say I'm really excited about seeing all you folks that are coming to Japan with Mary and I. So we're gonna have a big party uh tomorrow over at Brad's new house. So how excited can can it be? So uh and I think there might still be some spots open for my tour to Morocco and the south of France. I'm not sure, but um That includes the Lemon Festival in Montone that I went to last year. Mary and I just had the best time we've ever had in our life. And so that tour uh, begins February 12th and runs through February 24th. So uh, you'll be home in time for the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. We made sure of that. Okay, well, listen, I think we'll probably start a break a little early here so that when I come back, we can put Ron from SeatTac right up on 97.3 FM. Okay, see ya right after this. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in today. Hey, uh, just one quick message. Uh, if you want to see all the cool events going on, there's talks going on all over the place about gardening. But I just want to let you know my buddy, Greg, uh, who has been on the show many, many times, Greg Butler, uh, he's his workshop on uh, how to turn your garden into a hummingbird madness is uh, going on tomorrow at uh, – Swanson's Nursery. So uh, I don't know if that talk is full. He's given it quite a number of times. So you could call Swanson's and find out if you can get in. Okay, we're going to SeaTac, and we're going to talk to Ron right now. Ron, how are, how are things in
1: CTAC? Oh, uh, they're kind of foggy, hazy a little bit, but it cooled off and it's real nice. So great. Uh, I've got a. I bought some trees. From a nursery down to Morton, won't mention the, the name of it, but, uh, I got them and they were bare rooted. And the box was broken open. So I took them immediately and put them in water. And it took a period of about three or four days before they got planted. I mixed some fertilizer lightly and uh, some compost and three of them died, evidently. And I just wondered if there's any possibility they would come back.
0: Uh, so, are these what kind of trees are they?
1: Two, they're fruit trees. Two of them are pear tree, and one of them was an apple that didn't make it.
0: Okay, I, I'm not feeling very confident that you're going to see these come back. How long okay. were they in the water?
1: Uh, probably a couple of days.
0: Okay, that could be the problem. You can you can All put right. you could put like a bare root tree or rose or whatever in water but you should never exceed six hours
1: okay so I got you. uh the fig tree we had a fig tree and another apple tree and they're both doing great oh good i traded treated them all the same but uh i don't know i just kind of thought maybe they weren't getting enough water or something
0: well it could we be them. it could be you know uh this is an odd time of year to get bare root trees. That's very rare to see that, and I'm not sure okay. why why they bare rooted them like that. That does seem unusual. And um, uh. and then if if a tree is bare rooted, did you buy them bare rooted at the nursery? Did they pull them out of the the uh, sawdust? Uh, I
1: I ordered them on. Uh
0: online. Uh, So bare root trees online. Boy, I don't know, but that I've never bought a bare root tree this time of year. And uh, there's a lot could go wrong buying a bare root tree online at this time of year. I mean, it's much more likely that you do that when the trees are dormant in the winter time. Okay. So you might you might contact that nursery and just say, you know, that I was talking to a gardening expert, and he said, that's real unusual to, uh, you know, to, to send bare-root trees this time of year, and, you know, if if the box was broken, if the plants didn't stay moist in there, that, that could have uh, definitely, they could have dried out and died before you even got a chance mm-hmm. to plant them, so... I, you know, you might call that nursery and just say, "Hey, you know, the boxes were broken. I put them right in water as soon as I got them, and uh, you know, um, they might just, you know, send you some more for that." Or
1: okay, and I I could do that. I I had another question: how to get rid of morning glories?
0: Oh boy, it's so hard to get rid of morning glory. It's unbelievable. I'm never going to be rid of it in my garden. I'll tell you the truth. Okay. Do, do you use chemicals I, like Roundup?
1: I hate to use any chemicals because we got I little kids too. playing all over the place.
0: Yeah, then I'll tell you, I don't think you're going to get rid of it. All you can do is pull it the best you can, but it's really okay. important to pull it right now because what not what's going to happen with a morning glory is it's going to start dying back. And when it does, it's going to store every bit of energy it could send to the roots because it knows it's going to go through a long, dormant season, and it wants all the strength it can get to come blasting back next spring. So if you pull it out right now, you get it right before it gets its chance to store all that energy, and uh, that can weaken it. You're not going to get rid of it by doing that, but it'll weaken it, and it won't drive you quite as crazy next year.
1: Oh, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I've got s- some of the vines that we've pulled up have been like six or eight foot long.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it twists yeah, have, around all the most pet delicate pet plants in your garden. It's the worst stuff.
1: We have a pet rabbit, and uh, I've been feeding that morning glories to him. Hey. But uh, he's getting out, so he sees somebody coming towards the cage, and he said, "Oh no, no more, no more." He's that crazy about those
0: morning glories, huh? <laughs> I was no, thinking maybe you could make one of those big movable cages, stick it out in the garden where you got the morning glory. Maybe he'd eat it up. I thought about that too, but he'd probably okay, eat your plants your and time. leave that. <laughs> oh boy! Hey, well, I want to. I want to add one last thing, Ron. And that is, so just pull the morning glory, but you're never going to win. You know what it means if you have morning glory in your garden, right? Oh, it, well, Ron, if if you're still listening, it means you were bad in your last life. There's no hope, okay? Hey, I want to just one last message for everyone here before I go on to the next caller. And that is that... Uh, I don't think this is the right time of year to buy uh, bare root plants. So I don't know what nurseries are selling them in fall. And at least call the nursery up and say, you know, is this really going to work? And what do I have to do? Because uh, an actively growing plant sent bare root, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's unusual at this time of year. It's more, that usually is all done during do- the dormant season. Okay, do we have time to go to Bob? All right, we'll go to Bob. We'll at least get you started, Bob, and then uh, if we can't get through your question, I'll, I'll finish after the news, but welcome. Hi, Bob.
2: Yeah, hi, Cisco. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. In my garden around my house, I had a um, a cherry tree that was probably four years old, and for some reason it died. And when I pulled the tree out of the ground and left the existing uh, roots in the ground, I am now experiencing new growth coming out of those old roots. Can I continue to propagate those uh, old roots that have these um, uh, new cuttings or new uh, sprouts coming out? Can I use those next year and continue with more cherry trees?
0: Did you cut the cherry right to the ground, the dead one? Yes. Okay. I think... Here's what I think. I think you have a whole different kind of cherry. Uh, those those uh, sprouts that are coming up, those are a different kind of cherry. Because almost every cherry you buy is grafted. So... So the cherry you had was grafted on a different kind of roots. And most of the time the cherry that they graft, uh the root you know, that the uh, cherry that's used for the roots is not it's no good for anything. It has these teensy little cherries that are all seed, they're just no good, they grow real tall. I hate to say it but I think I I think that's not going to work for you. You're going to have to dig that stump out or somehow kill those sprouts and buy a new cherry tree.
2: Okay, that's what I wanted to find out. I wasn't sure if I could take those existing sprouts now and transform those into a new tree or not but it doesn't sound like no, i can
0: no you don't want to do it because you'd be really disappointed it's it's a tree that does has very few qualities anybody wants in their garden that they graft those cherries on and uh it's going to be a total dud so you're better off starting over
2: okay uh received and uh, i'll do that for next year and Get rid of these existing sprouts. Uh, And this is why I listen to Cisco. Find out this information. Oh, la, la.
0: Well, Bob, I appreciate that. And one last thing, make sure there's good drainage wherever you plant your new cherry. Because, uh, like, clay soil kills cherries really fast. So that might be what killed it. So make sure, build a berm or something when you plant your new cherry. And then it'll do well, but don't plant it in heavy clay, whatever you do.
2: Okay, this is what I will do for next year. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot. Great call. See you, buddy. Nice Nice day.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Okay. All right, Steve, I see you're waiting. So we're going to go to the news, keep you caught up, have Alec come in here and let you know what's going on. Then we're going to head to Squim and talk to Steve on 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, welcome back. Second hour of the show. So, uh... Hey, if you want to give me a call, we got some open lines. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Hey, let's go to Steve. He's over in Squim. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Hey, just fantastic. How about you?
3: Well, I'm not doing so good. That's why I called.
0: uh oh, okay. I've
3: got, I've got, a, I've got a greenhouse, and I completely replaced the soil in it. Uh, This spring, I put uh, sod in it and uh, potting soil and all kinds of other stuff. Not a very big greenhouse, but I'm not getting any uh, fruits and vegetables and stuff off my plants. They grow, but they're stunted or they don't uh, produce. So you got any idea what I can put in it to uh, increase the nutrients?
0: So some of them are growing well, but they're not producing fruit.
3: Correct. Are they flowering? I've got, uh, yep. I've got zucchini, cucumbers, tomatoes, uh, brussels sprouts, and peppers.
0: Okay, I, I think I know what it is. I, they're not getting pollinized, I think. So that's the problem. You know, with I, what, When you grow things in I, a greenhouse, you got no way of getting, you know, the. The bees and things have a hard time getting in there to do their work, and uh, so. Uh,
3: Well, the first year I had the green, or the first year I moved there and had the greenhouse, uh, it produced well. I had cucumbers and zucchinis and tomatoes and all kinds of stuff. And uh, last year and this year, both even the peas, uh, the green beans, nothing produced. Okay, have in the past.
0: All right. Well, that would be one thing. Make sure you leave those doors open so that the bugs can get in there, because you got to have those pollinizers doing their work. Or, you know, things like cucumbers, you just or squash, any of that, you're not going to get any of those. Also, you want a, well, you got a fan in the greenhouse?
3: No, but on the in the uh, on the cucumbers. I've got cucumbers like that are half-inch long, but they never got any bigger.
0: Yeah, that's lack of pollination.
3: Probably. Is it? Okay.
0: So that's my guess.
3: Right. But
0: there might be something going on with the soil you use. Don't tell me what kind you got. <laughs> but uh, I don't know where you got that soil, but you, you want to make sure that that's potting soil, not you know landscaping soil, anything like that.
3: Oh, yeah. That's what I bought. I bought sacks of potting soil. Okay. And uh, put that in there. Uh, I was just curious if there was some kind of nutrient or something I could put in there. Well Maybe you uh, need to. So have Have you fertilized at all? Uh, I have some, yes. I put in uh, some steer manure, and then I put in some kind of stuff. I'm not a gardener. I just put in some oh. kind of stuff this guy told me to put in, okay. granules or something. Okay, here's what I think,
0: here's what I would do for next year anyway. You want to get a good organic, so if you go to a good nursery, uh, and out there in Squim, I'm not sure I know the nurseries that well, but go to a quality nursery, tell them, I want organic tomato food. And, you know, tell them, hey, I'm growing all these different veggies but or, organic tomato food, for everything you've described, it should work perfect. And then okay. uh, they'll, have, they'll have recommendations on the bag. But typically, if I'm growing a tomato, I'll put a whole, uh, a whole cup of organic tomato food uh, in, the, in the pot that I'm growing the tomato in, as long as it's a good-sized pot. And uh, so if you you put that in, every six weeks, you may have to add a little bit. So the first time, you're going to work it in really well. After that, you just work it in the soil surface because you don't want to interfere with the roots or anything. And if you do that, I got a feeling you're going to see your plants grow stronger. They're going to flower better, and you're going to get more fruit.
3: What about uh, adding uh, manure to it this uh, fall? Well, you could when do I that, but in. be
0: careful. I, I don't know where you're getting the manure, but you got to be real careful with manure these days. There's been some problems with E. coli being in the manure. So you want to make sure wherever oh. you're getting it from, I'd have a big talk with whoever you're getting the manure from to make sure that that manure you know, is that there's no possibility of E. coli in there, and you don't want to get sick from using that. I don't add manure to my garden anymore. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. But what you might want to add is a half handful of fish bone meal in when you're fertilizing into every pot or uh, whatever you've got that you've got the soil in. Yeah, well, the soil
3: is, is this ground level. I don't have any pots in there. Oh. I just plant it in the soil itself.
0: Well, what's the soil like underneath the soil that you brought in? Is it clay or is it good soil?
3: Uh, it's not real good, but I've got like 10 inches of good soil in there.
0: You know what you need to do? I mean, it's... That, it's still acting like a bathtub, I think. What you got to do, you got to uh, make raised beds. Make raised beds in there. Get some good wood or or stones, or whatever you want, and make foot and a half tall raised beds. Then fill that with that good soil. Then mix that fertilizer and bone meal into that. And I think you're going to start doing a lot better. Because what's happening is if you dug a hole in the ground and put in good soil, then what happens is it acts like a bathtub. All the water runs right in there. It's not going to drain into that heavy stuff below. And so I got a feeling the roots are starting to kind of rot out on your plants. So raised bed. You can make those raised bed three feet high if you can afford it and can fill them up with soil. And you'll have the best greenhouse garden anybody's ever had. But it's going to take that to do it. Okay. Okay, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, sure. hey, best of luck on that. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye, Steve. All right, uh, we're going to go to Pat right now over in Renton. Hey, Pat, thanks a lot for calling.
4: Well, I hope you can answer my question. I have some hydrangeas in the back from the base of the east, and they normally bloom just terrifically every, every year.
3: Uh-huh. And this
4: year, all the buds and the blooms, they're just now starting to really flower up. Do you think it could be caused by our no sun in the early spring?
0: It could be, but I have a suspicion. Did you by any chance prune the live-and-tweedle out of those?
4: <laughs> I did one, but not the other one.
0: Oh, okay. Did the other one tend to to bloom earlier than the one you pruned? Yeah, it
4: did. It did a little bit. So yeah. You think I over-pruned them,
0: huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, uh, they only—most— Hydrangeas. There's a lot of kinds of hydrangeas, so I can't generalize too much. But most hydrangeas only bloom on what grew the year before. So if you cut okay, that well, off, that
4: could be the problem with one of them. It was taking over the,
0: yeah, the yard. So, so that's one. And the other one, it it could be that they're not getting enough light. But boy, eastern exposure is usually perfect. You no, know, but I do have, I have big trees. Oh, okay. That block a lot of it, so. Yep. They're not getting enough All sun. Right. They're so shaded that it's taking them forever to finally get going and bloom.
4: Well, I kind of thought that might be the reason. Yeah, could you real dig real those? The reason I called is I have some knockout roses uh-huh. that I would like to move. And your first caller about the, the bare root thing <laughs> got me to thinking. Um, I was, Going to hold off and plant them in the in the you know late winter early spring, but I was wondering if I could plant them or transplant them now.
0: No, I wouldn't risk it. I th- it'll okay. be really risky to move those now. You could do it if you water, 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 water. But if you just wait till they're dormant, it's a piece of cake moving roses. Then that you just dig them up, cut any of the roots that don't look good off. Uh, stick them in their new spot at the same depth they came out of the ground, and you're off and running. In spring, they'll just take off and grow perfect. Okay. That was my first guess, but I thought, well, maybe I could do it in the fall. Yeah, just make sure you do it before they start growing. So I usually do it uh, by early February. I want to have it done.
4: Oh, before they start getting leaves and whatever? Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a lot better.
4: Okay. Cool. Alrighty, I will do that
0: then. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Pat. L- nice talking okay, to you. Have a good day. Okay, you bye. too. Bye, bye. All right, we're going to take a little break here, and uh, when we come back, we will talk to, I believe, Pat and Kenmore. Yeah. So, Pat, don't don't you even touch that dial, and we'll get back to you on ninety-seven point three Kyro FM right after this. la la. Hey, Pat and Kenmore, you're on Garden with Cisco. How you doing?
5: Hi. Hi, Cisco. <laughs> I've been I... trying to catch up with you about this rhubarb um, issue that I had um, in an area that I've had rhubarb probably ever since we've had raised beds. Wow. And unfortunately, when I had the beds raised another two feet, um, the doofus that I had doing the... the the carpentry did a marvelous job. Put another two, um, you know, two feet of, of <laughs> bed, But then he threw soil in, and I didn't catch the fact that he didn't remove my existing uh, rhubarb plants, so they were buried oh. under two oh. feet of. Hey, I can't. That I guy is a them, doofus.
0: So,
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm doofus. <laughs> well, I'm doofus number two because I I didn't think about it either, and I didn't get out there till the spring because then the snows came, and I thought, uh, well, yeah. good, you know, everything's there. And when I got there, I went, oh, oh my gosh, there's, I don't have any rhubarb plants. So by that time, a lot of the nurseries, you know, these things are snapped up, particularly if you're looking for the, the red ones. Yeah. But I, um, but I did find some um, at a local nursery. This name I'm not going to mention. Um, and apparently they had them back in their greenhouse, and they found some. that. They, so I dashed there, and they didn't look great, but about seven of them. And I planted them in exactly the same area. It's got a drip system. Um, and and I checked on them in, in like a week or so, and the little green leaves were starting to come. I thought, we're okay. Checked on them in another three weeks, and they were gone. I mean, gone. The leaves were this awful mottled reddish brown, and the the stalks were just gone. Mm-hmm. And so I went on the Internet. And, uh, and to say what happened, what was there, you know, and it talked about two kinds of bacteria it could have been, two kinds of fungus, fungi it could have been, or the rootstock stock was infected. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's the stock because they didn't look great to begin with, but they're gone. So I went again back on the Internet, and um, and it said do not plant the rhubarb back in this area again. So my question to you is, do you no know, do you think that I could plant other veggies in that spot and it would be okay? I think
0: so. You know, I'm just okay. I'm really curious what happened uh, because uh, I don't see so fungus kill rhubarb very much. I I well, kind of now they could have come infected with something and then if that's true, yeah, you can't grow rhubarb there again. But
5: well the two kinds of, of uh, fungi, fungi, whatever uh, it mentioned, I can't even pronounce, and you would know what it is. I've got it. It's, it was either A F O C O C H Y T A or R U R E R W I N I just can't see
0: that. I just I'm, okay. Here's what I. What think. about the
5: bacteria? Well, I mean, again, I. Um, I've never, I've just never had a problem and everything, and I have 11 raised veggie well, beds.
0: Here's the question and, I got for you right away. Okay. Did he pick the soil or did you, the guy that put the um, soil in there?
5: Uh, I did not, but uh, the company that I work with is a, is a company that maintains my veggie beds um, oh. about 85%. Of the veggie beds because I'm I have a huge back issue right now and I don't do any of that so they get everything. they get the yep. It was a good professional company. Yep, yep.
0: Did they take? Did they dig out all the old rhubarb that was down there underneath?
5: Well, no, the guy just buried it.
0: (laughs) I, you know, I'm just wondering if that's backing everything up. There's. There's something really odd about this situation that you're going through right okay. now.
5: Because, yeah, I've just that's been such a they've been there ever since we've we've had the house and and the, the existing ones. You know, I I separated them and I, you know, I just and I I managed to slowly get rid of the the green. I really like the red. Well,
0: Excuse these me, are Hannah. raised planters now. Really oh, yeah. nice raised oh, yeah. planters. Why? Yep. What do you think about the idea? Of uh, having that company come out and dig that all that soil out, and I think I think you could grow other veggies there right away as long as it's good soil and but if as long as the drainage isn't all screwed up from all those oh. rhubarb rotting underneath, which has got me really worried. I think I I kind of think they should take all the soil out at least get all the rotting rhubarb out of there. And well, uh the
5: ones that, the new ones that rotted, it was it, easy to get them out. Yeah, I, mean, I think you need to get those
0: lower ones out. Something's backing up the drainage in there, that's what I think. Did you ever notice if like if I wonder if it was like really drenched in that soil and, and when, No,
5: because the the drift system they they control that too. They control the water. The other and at and the other this is a huge bed. So rhubarb takes up one half of it, and the other half we change out. I mean, they rotate the crops.
0: And everything so was okay in be... the other spot.
5: Yeah, we could, well, for oh. one thing, it was dahlias.
0: <laughs> oh, this
5: time, first time we've planted but... flowers there. But we've planted, we've planted um, sugar snap peas there. Uh, we planted beans there. Oh, hey, I'm
0: running we've out of time, planted... so I want to try and go fast. Okay. I think maybe okay. those rhubarb did come with a disease then. That's my okay. guess, but I don't know.
5: Okay, so mainly I can just put some other things there you to able to about...
0: And if those okay. things that you plant die, then you know yeah, it's something problem. to do with yep. the soil or the drainage, not the rhubarb. Right. So you'll can be I able to find minor out. really quickly? Huh? Yeah, well, okay. I... Minor,
5: can I get that? De- the, 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 again, the plants are rotated, but, but the third year in a row, it's attacked the beets and it's attacked the spinach. And so the almanac said to plant radishes next to the beets, um, uh, and it won't bother the beets. Have you ever heard pa- of that? Call I next week. Call article.
0: next week. I don't. I just. I'm out of time. Sorry. Really apologize. Hey everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Get out there and garden. Eat your Brussels sprouts. Thank Brian, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye bye.